0: your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 2 and I want to read the ending of that chapter and then I want to leave you with just a simple ending message for this year and and it's very simple and uh, I've kind of, I'll probably give you four different versions of this title through it but these are some New Year's resolutions you need to keep. Some New Year's resolutions that you need to keep. Uh, Acts chapter 2 and verse 41, And then they that gladly received His word were baptized, and the same day there was added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers, and fear came upon every soul, and many signs and wonders were done by the apostles, and all that believed were together and had all things common. They sold their possessions and goods, Part of them to all men as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. I'd like to just tell you that that, those those last six verses of Acts chapter 2 is a perfect blueprint for how the church should be. Now, I'm going to tell you that before you think that this was the start of communism, that they sold everything and they put it all together in one big pot, just would you please read through the book of Acts and realize that people still own their own homes and people still had their own businesses. It's not what that means. What it means was the church came together, and if somebody had a need, they helped them out. If someone needed something, they were there because the church very soon after this was going to go through an extended period of intense persecution. And God had already set it in motion that the church would be able to withstand it. So I want us to see through this verse some things that you and I need to resolve to do in 2019. I woke up this morning and I asked my computer what its resolution would be in 2019. And it said, same as always, 1024 by 720. About three of y'all got that. The others, you're going to have to look it up. The, uh, well, I, I was going to say 1920 by 1200, but I didn't know if everybody would get that one either, but it didn't seem like y'all got either one, so what does it matter? New Year's. Anybody this year or this end of this year, you already got a gym membership ready to go for next year? Wow. All right, we got, we got we got two, maybe three brave people, the rest of us. Either are good stewards of our money, because <laughs> we're not going to waste our money, or uh, you need it. Um, <laughs> there was some folks with New Year's resolutions that had joined a weight loss group. And at the meeting, you know, they were given all the how you eat and what you should eat and right portions and they were saying all of that. And somebody, one of the instructors held up an apple in one hand and a candy bar in the other. And he was asking, what are the attributes of this can of this apple and and how do they relate to our diet? What are the, you know, maybe the problems with the with the uh, the candy bar? And you know, some people said, well, the apple's low in calories, another one said the apple was low in fiber, you know, that or, or high in fiber. That was some of the things they said. And then she began to deep. Detail what was wrong about eating the candy bar. You know, it's, it's quick carbohydrates. You're going to eat it, get a sugar high, then you're going to crash. And, and then she concluded by saying apples are not only more healthy, but they're less expensive. She said, I, I only paid 50 cents for this apple. I paid 75 cents for this candy bar. And From the back of the room, somebody called out, I'll give you a dollar for the candy bar. <laughs> somebody else said that they made six resolutions last year and kept every one of them. They wrote them down and they put them in an envelope on the top of their filing cabinet and they kept it all year long. I'm trying to give you some ideas on how you could you could help keep your New Year's resolutions. But there is something that just... I it's almost expected, it's almost ingrained in man that at the beginning of a new year, at the close of the old and the beginning of the new, it causes us to look back over our life. And And, and I know I was picking and making some jokes, but I would dare say, and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I, would, I could almost promise that every one of us have had conversations in our mind about what we want to do differently or do better or do more of this upcoming year that we maybe didn't do or didn't follow through or didn't do enough of in the year that's quickly coming to a close. It's just kind of just how it works. It, we like fresh starts. We enjoy fresh beginnings and in fact it's that time of renewal if you will, renewal, restoration. In, in Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 1 there's just a, a little phrase, I'm going to pull it out but it just says let the people renew their strength. And I believe that as we conclude 2018 and we walk into 2019, there does need to be something in our mind that says, I want to be renewed. I want to renew some things this year that maybe I started good last year, but I I didn't finish or I, I didn't follow through. Charles Spurgeon has a devotion, uh, you know, a book of devotions that he's written and every once in a while I look through them and, of course, it's in some old English and so you got to read it a little slower. But I love how he just takes a couple paragraphs and says so much. This is what he said around what would have been the New Year's Day devotion. He said, "...all things on earth need to be renewed. No created thing continues by itself." The psalmist uttered, Thou renewest the face of the year. Even the trees, which wear not themselves with care, nor shorten their lives by labor, must drink of the rain of heaven and suck from the hidden treasures of the soil. The cedars of Lebanon, which God has planted, only live because day to day they are full of sap fresh drawn from the earth. Neither can man's life be sustained without the renewal of God. As it is necessary to repair the waste of the body by frequent meal, we must also replace the waste of the soul by feeding upon the book of God or by listening to the preached word or by the soul-fattening table of the ordinances. How depressed are our graces when means are neglected. What poor, starving some saints are who live without the diligent use of God's word and secret prayer. It just kind of, it ought to be that you and I realize that we have got to find a renewing, a renewal of our lives, otherwise we become anemic Christians. And so when I begin to think, and I I actually was thinking about this for the last couple of weeks, probably maybe even uh, over a month or so, I begin to think of my own life. Brandon, what are you going to do differently next year? What are some things that you're gonna resolve? I, I could tell you I wanna lose weight, and I really do. I just wanna eat more. So uh, we'll see how that goes. And um, I, I, I'd like to, you know, there, there's other dreams and bucket lists that I'd like to accomplish and do, and maybe I'll get a chance. But at the end of the day, the thing that matters most to me is what am I gonna do for God? What am I gonna do for my soul? And so I wanna leave you today with a few simple yet very powerful New Year's resolutions that you need to make, you need to follow through, and you need to keep. If you don't hit a gym, who cares? If you don't clean your closet and make a clean closet for the rest of your life, who cares? How many of you have one of those special uh, clothes chairs? You know, where you, chair that just you, you put all your clothes on the chair. If that doesn't get clean this year, don't worry about it. But you need to worry about these things. Things. so we found in the book of Acts chapter 2 the things that that God that, that they did and 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 how they they allowed the church to grow and what they did and the first thing that you need to do and you need to make this a a just something you do without fail and it is something for the last year and a half I have worked diligently at so I can I can practice what I preach if you will but you need to renew make a, a resolution I'm gonna read God's word every day we'll read God's word every day somebody put on Facebook today and I, I, I wish I, I captured what it said but I did not capture who said it and so I feel bad because I can't give them credit and I couldn't find it again but one of my I believe pastor friends wrote on Facebook today he said that that to read the Bible through an average person it would take them 70 hours to read the Bible through, if you read it just a little bit every day, you would need to read approximately 11 and a half minutes a day. We're not asking for hours upon hours. You just need to read a little bit. I I know uh, I've I've heard having 2020 vision, and and I'm sure next the, the year after this in 2020 people will be doing this. But I've heard pastors and preachers say if you just read your Bible 20 minutes a day and and pray for 20 minutes a day, your life would be infinitely better. It's amazing how simple it really is if you'll just put your mind to it. And and so you need to resolve. I'm going to read my Bible. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 says that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness. This same person that I got this Facebook quote about 70 hours approximately and 11 and a half minutes a day made this little chart, if you will. This is what you get when you read your Bible. Number one, you're going to get doctrine. Doctrine is what's right. You're going to get reproof. That's what's not right. That's when you look at your life and you say, mm, that's not right. The Lord, the Word of God will reprove you and you'll realize it's not right. And correction is how to get right. And instruction is how to stay right. If you'll read the Word of God, you'll find what's right. You'll find what's not right. You'll find how to get right and you'll find how to stay right and it doesn't take that long. I'm I'm a little bit behind. I was hoping to to have finished it this year so I may have to do a little catch up but I've been reading this year, I've been reading from from a a, a chapter from all of the divisions of the Bible. I start with the Pentateuch, then I go to the Bible history. That's like your first Kings, Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, those. Then I go to the poetry, that's Job, that's Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. And then I go to the major prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah and such. Then I go to the minor prophets. And then I would go to the Gospels. I would read a a chapter from the book of Acts. And I would end by reading a chapter from the epistles including Revelations. And I'm telling you, it has changed my life after preaching since I was 15 and having read the Bible through and I've got notes and notes galore. It's amazing what just reading God's Word will do in your life. And if you don't do a push-up, if you don't do a sit-up, if you don't do anything else this year, resolve to read your Bible every day. The second thing that you need to make a New Year's resolution to do is you need to make a New Year's resolution to pray. Not just a now I lay me down to sleep prayer. Not just a prayer of of God is good and God is great before you eat. But a prayer. And again, I'm of the uh, 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 opinion that your prayers don't have to be hours upon hours upon hours. Now if that's your personality, go for it. But I would say that most of our personality is not like that. I think if you just pray somewhere between 15 to 20 minutes a day, you'd find your life changed. It's not hard to pray that long. You can, I I challenge you, one of the ways that I pray, and I'm going to tell you, this is one i got to work a lot harder on. But one of the ways that I've found that I pray is when I begin to kneel down and pray, I look at this church, I visualize this church, because most of you sit in the same spot all the time. Now, if you're one of those that moves all the time, I may miss you in my prayer, because I don't remember where you sit. But in my mind, many times I'll walk in, 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 in my mind I'll walk these rows I'll find where you're sitting And I'll call your name out in prayer This morning something happened That doesn't happen very often Because I love my sleep But about 4 o'clock this morning I was awoken and I, I, I couldn't get something out of my mind It was a dream that I have I, To this day I don't know if it's or right now I don't know if it's a God dream Or a pizza dream or what But it was enough that I remembered it And I began to pray early this morning You need to pray I'm asking you make a new year's resolution and say I'm going to pray more than I've ever prayed before. I resolve to pray. The third thing you need to pray and and I hope that maybe I'm not linking these as good as I I should but I I'd like to uh just kind of reminds you. Go back and look at what the disciples did, and the apostles did, and those new converts did on the day of Pentecost and, and following. And you're going to see these. They they were were following the apostles' doctrine. That's the word of God that they were following. And they were they were praying. They were in the temple daily praying. And then the next thing you need to do is you need to make a resolution to to be good stewards of what God has given you. A stewardship, we we preach and 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 we preach a stewardship of time, of talent, and of treasure. I don't do a lot of preaching on tithing. I don't do a lot of preaching on giving because this church is a phenomenal giving church. I don't ask Sister Sharon and Sister Lee to see the books every day. In fact, I that's the least favorite thing I do. I, I look at it about once a year just to kind of see it. But I don't I don't ask to see who's given, so I'm not, I don't have anybody in mind right now. But I want you to make a resolution to say, this year, I'm going to give my tithes first to God. That 10%, I'm going to give God first. And I will tell you that if you'll do it first before you do anything else, it's amazing how much farther God allows that last little bit to last. Uh, One other person, and this would be just a good habit to get into. It's not biblical per se, but it's a good habit. You ought to give 10% to God first, and then you ought to give 10% to yourself second in savings. Just go right ahead. Put it in savings. And then that 80% you have left, that's what you use, and you'll find that if you'll do that, God will protect you and God will touch you, and it'll be amazing how less stressed you are because you made a resolution to put God in. First, to put God first in your talents. If God has given you a talent, if God has given you an ability, use it for the kingdom of God. Even if it's at your work, use it for the kingdom of God and your your time or or your talent, your treasure, and your time, which I'm going to tell you about that here in a moment. You need to resolve to give to God that, that stewardship. Another resolution that you need to make and, and I look, my goodness, I'm telling you, this, this uh, uh, last month has just been incredible. I, I, I've told you that I go to other places and pastors start complaining about how low their attendance is on Christmases. And, and, and I just kind of sit back and say, thank you, Lord, because we didn't see that. Thank you for those who were able, and I know not everybody can, but came to our Christmas service. We had, um, I think they said it was 73 or 74 people. On our Christmas service, that's almost a Wednesday night attendance on a Christmas service, and I had several of you come up to me afterwards and, and say thank you for having that, and we're going to continue to have that for those that can make it. But it's just something about it. And then uh, this this summer or this uh, this Christmas uh, season, this December, our attendance has been just rising, and I look out today full house attendance is so important you need to resolve that I'm going to be at church every time the doors are open unless there is an absolute emergency that I can't get there make it a habit make it a habit one of the saddest things I've seen in my life is that how quickly it becomes a habit to not go to church than to go to church I've watched good people Something happens in their job, and they've come and told me, So, Pastor, I, I, I have to, you know, they, they changed my shift. I'm not going to be able to come to church. And we talk to them. They say, but I'm you know, going to still come every chance I get. But it's amazing how something as simple as a job change. And then pretty soon, slowly and slowly, they don't come to church anymore. There's something important about coming to church. Uh, author Ann Lamott was telling a story about a 7-year-old that got lost in a big city. This little girl would run up and down the streets frantically trying to find a familiar landmark. A policeman saw the little girl, realized something was wrong, offered to help, and of course she couldn't tell the police officer where she lived, and so the police officer put her in her car and just began to kind of drive through the neighborhoods in hope that somehow something would, would pique her, her, her memory, and finally she pointed to a church, and she said, you can let me out at the church, this is my church, and I can always find my way home from there. I would like to remind you today, and this, I know that if you're here today, maybe this one doesn't apply to you as much as perhaps someone who's not. But can I just tell you, make a New Year's resolution. Church is important. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 22 says, Let us draw near with a true heart. In full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful, that has promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assemblings of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Exhort one another. Call somebody up and say, I missed you at church. Let them know that you see that when they're not there and then welcome them when they are there. There's something about it. Matthew, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18, he said, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. I realize that your uh, uh, living for God is a very personal journey. I understand that you've got to make your own calling and your election sure. I'm well aware that you've got to live for God on your own without having a pastor breathing down your neck or a parent breathing down your neck. But there is something special about coming together to edify one another. When you come together and you begin to worship, I love what just happened here. And I know I invited you to the front, but there were those of you that were already coming to the front long before I made that that statement. But there's something about watching people come and begin to worship. And I'm going to tell you, it edifies me if it doesn't edify anybody else. I love when you begin to worship. I love when you begin to give God praise. I love when you come together and exalt him. I love when you begin to worship him. I love when you give him the praise. And so I'm asking you to make a New Year's resolution to say I'm coming together and I'm going to worship and I'm going to give God praise. Not that this list is exhausted by any stretch of the imagination. But the last one that I'm going to talk about today, and it's one that that I have resolved in my own mind, all of these I'm, I'm wanting to make sure that I can say at the end of 2019 I kept my New Year's resolutions. But this one, I am going to make a New Year's resolution that I'm going to win someone to the Lord that I'm going to find someone that needs a Bible study, someone that I can engage in conversation, someone that I can bring to church. I might even have to pick them up in my car. I might even have to go uh, uh, to their house and teach them, but I want to reach someone this year, and I want to be able to end 2019 and say, I resolved to do it, and by the help of the Lord, I could. To make a conscience effort to engage at least one person a day in some conversation about Jesus Christ it's as simple as let me tell you what he's done for me let me tell you what, he's, what he, how he's blessed me let me, uh, let me tell you how he's touched my life you gotta learn to listen to people so that you can respond with the voice of Jesus, it's amazing through a conversation you'll hear that hunger and if you'll be careful you'll catch on to that and you'll be able to Respond, But I'd like to tell you that it's going to be hard to reach them with Jesus Christ if you haven't first spent some time in His Word and in the prayer. I'm going to tell you right now, and it's it's a promise. I, I I just know it because it's happened to me. You'll be amazed that you'll read something in your daily reading that you'll find useful in a conversation with somebody that same day. That's how careful and how much God puts it all together. And so I'm inviting you today to make these resolutions. I'm going to resolve to read the Word every day. I'm going to resolve to pray every day. I'm going to resolve to give and to be stewards of what He's given through my ties and through my giving and through my time, my talent, my treasures. I'm going to refuel. I'm going to, I'm going to renew my, myself through regular church attendance. And I resolve to reach someone with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the only way you can do this is you just got to start small and build from there. I've I've said it a few times, let me say it again. If I was going to go to the gym, if I was going to go work out, I'm not going to step up to that weight lifting bench and put 250 pounds on that bar and start lifting it. I'm gonna have to start with the bar, preferably the ladies' bar. That's like forty pounds. I'm gonna start there, and I'm gonna start lifting that. And then the next couple of days, I'll put a little weight on it. You gotta start with the small stuff. You can't just say I'm gonna, I'm gonna go reach my whole neighborhood when you've never reached your neighbor. You can't say I'm gonna read the whole Bible through if you. Got to start with one verse, one chapter, a day at a time. So, I want to invite you to start with the small stuff as simple as 10, 20 minutes a day. In 2006, of course, now I guess we could go to 2016, which would be the 160th anniversary of the birth of Sigmund Freud. There's a lot of his ideas that we don't accept, but there's a lot of his ideas that we still embrace. and. I don't know of anyone that would dispute that he's the father of analysis and psychotherapy. Kind of started a lot of what we have in the psychology and the, the, uh, in, in that world. But there was a strange irony in Sigmund Freud's life. He was able to help others. He was able to see their issues. He was able to psychoanalyze them. But he was never able to help himself because he died of cancer in 1939. Because he was unable to break himself of an addiction to cigars, even so much that he would smoke a box of cigars a day after he had his complete jaw removed from, from the cancer. to lack of self-discipline. It's easy for us to, to point out the little speck in somebody else's eye when we got the whole tree growing in ours. So that's why I say I'm resolving it myself because I've got to make sure that I'm doing what I can do before I try to get on somebody else for what they're not doing, if you will. It's important that you make those resolutions. It's important that you spend moments in your life to refuel, to renew, to be restored in the presence of God. One thing that frustrates me when it comes to, I, I like outdoors, and I like to plant and I've, I've gardened with my dad and And uh, when we worked on this uh, parking lot back there, I was amazed after they graded everything, we kind of got it all done, before I could plant grass seed, I was amazed at how fast weeds grew. Like literally, overnight, it was full of weeds. And then we go spend a couple hundred dollars in grass seed and fertilizer and we watered every day and... can't get the grass to grow it seems but those weeds, you don't have to water them you don't have to fertilize them you don't have to do anything weeds just grow but if you want fruit in your life it takes a little bit of work somebody said that our lives are fields that primarily contain weeds we can't produce strawberries you can mow the weeds but that effort alone will never produce acceptable fruit if you really want fruit in your life you've got to go deeper you plow up the whole field And you got to start with strawberry plants. In your life, living for God is not going to just happen. You're going to have to take time. It's going to take some time to kind of plow it all under and start afresh. And So this year, regardless of what you did last year, regardless of what you've done for your life, you say, this year, I'm making a resolution. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to pray. I'm going to be good stewards of what God has given me I'm going to give to Him first I'm going to make sure that I'm at the church and I'm a part of the community of the church and I'm going to make sure that I'm there not just on a Sunday morning but I'm going to be there Sunday nights and we have prayer meetings that we have different times, a ladies prayer on the first Tuesday of most months, we have a a fourth Tuesday family prayer most months, there's youth services that are there, there's so many different activities that we can be a part of I want to be a part of that And I want to resolve to win someone to Christ. Would you stand today?